Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Get in crash position. And Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming off three. Living is easy and living is free for 2022. We are 16 days into the new year, and I will say Happy New Year to Statman. Yeah, Happy New Year. They say you can go to the end of January to say Happy New Year to people, so we got a couple of days left. All right, all right. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year, Freak Nation. Big show for you tonight. Brendan Gaughan, NASCAR pilot, NASCAR Truck Series pilot, Cup, Xfinity, all of that. Uh, In many circles, he's better known for off-road and his old man owning a few casinos in Las Vegas. He has been nominated for the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. He'll be joining us for a lengthy interview coming up in the Freak Nation. We are fresh back, uh, crashing our back from the Chili Bowl Nationals in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Stat, man, it was a balmy 22 degrees, and it felt like it 11 with about an inch and a half, two inches of snow on the ground in Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, don't forget the ice. Yep. Yeah. Did you get some of that snow there in uh, Columbus? Not yet. We're supposed to get some uh, this evening and tonight, uh, this big storm that's been wrapping around the Midwest and going to the South and it's going to end up in new England and points East. Uh, it's going to kind of curve around us, uh, but yeah, we're going to get some this evening. You, we got I, our weather report in the uh, freak nation right now. That That is the, the greatest weather report I've ever heard in my life. Hey, points uh, east. It's going to curve around, baby. going to curve points around. East. Catalina Eddy and onshore flow, you know, I mean, hey, <laughs> <laughs> Nina, Nino, man. Exactly. <laughs> Woo. If you're not familiar with the Chili Bowl, many of your favorite drivers out there say it's the greatest race on dirt. And they all want to win it. And we're going to have your winner, who, by the way, is not a NASCAR series driver. Thank Tanner you. Thorson will be joining us here in the uh, in about eight or nine minutes. He won the 36th Sixth. annual Lucas Oil presented by General Tires Chili Bowl Nationals. He'll be here in the Freak Nation. Also, yeah, gonna before, be- Wait a minute. Before yeah. you go any further, I yeah, just want to say after watching that last night, the fact that you guys can even hear or breathe <laughs> is miraculous. You talk about a weather report. It was a weather system inside of that building last night. Yes, that it was. That was floating around. Mm-hmm. And I, the noise, I can't begin to imagine how loud it is inside that place. You know, I thought of you. We were inside turn one. And I thought of you, Statman. Ditto. I thought, yeah, Ditto. are you serious? I was going to say the Bristol? same thing. I thought Bristol, the same damn thing. <laughs> yes. I thought, you know what? We have to get him here with us next year because I don't know which is louder. I really don't. At least in Bristol, the sound goes up and out of the stadium. At the Chili Bowl in the Expo Center, it just stays with you. Your body vibrates, everything. My ears are still ringing as we speak. No, you, you know what it is, Stat? Uh, the Chili Bowl, that's you know, uh, hours of, of power chords and lead guitar 
where Bristol was hours of hundreds and hundreds of basses and bass drums. Oh, there you go. That's a good comparison. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So the, uh, the Chili Bowl is heavy metal and uh, Bristol is symphonic. <laughs> there you go. Yes. <laughs> Did you say Bristol is electronic? Symphonic. Symphonic. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. With kettle drums and snares and so forth. It just it just looked and sounded unconscionably loud, and the dust just settled. And I could assume that long break between the the B main two and the A main was probably to allow the dust to get out of the air. They kept talking about how wet the track was, and I said, "Yeah, you got to breathe in there at some point <laughs> to keep the dust down." For crying out loud. It was good observation. It was so much dustier from the C mains to the B mains that, yeah, I think I still don't have an exact answer as to why the delay was as long as it was between B2 and, and the A main. But I do believe you're on it because the, they just kept adding water to that track. Well, they said on the MAV TV uh, broadcast that. Uh, there was apparently uh, a medical problem with the crowd in the stands. Oh, ouch. And they had to uh, deal with that and get that out. Uh, so, yeah, nobody said whatever happened to that. But Yowza. It was an experience, once again, Freak Nation, the 36th annual Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. We'll have your winner, Tanner Thorson, coming up. The first, Crash Gladys, Pit News and Notes. And, of course, your Statman Scat coming up. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates. It's Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The Lucas Oil Studios, 21-plus years of doing this. Statman, Crash Gladys. Kenny Sargent, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Coming up, your Chili Bowl Nationals winner, Tanner Thorson, will be joining us here in the Lucas Oil Studios. Brendan Garn, excuse me, Brendan Gone, recently nominated West Coast Stock Car Hall of Famer. He'll be here in the Freak Nation. But first, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Do what General Tire does and buy their tires. Uh <laughs> Just do what General Tire does. They get you home safe. Damn. Like Statman was saying, man, I got about 16 pounds of dirt up in my head right now. <laughs> Who knows what's coming out of my mind? Well, speaking of dirt, let's go on with Jason Anderson. Pretty much dominating the 450s in Oakland, California last night. Yep, we're talking about Supercross. Aaron Plessinger and Justin Barsha rounded out the podium in the Big Boy Series. In the 250s, it was Christian Craig on the top rung, Hunter Lawrence second, and Sam Hamaker third. We're just going to keep going with dirt because now I'm going to go on to the Dakar rally, which, again, speaking of domination, it was Nasser Alatia. I mean, okay, here's the deal. Sure, he came into this year's Dakar rally as the favorite, but wow, how a little luck and a lot of talent helped him to dominate just about every stage along the way to his fourth overall win, culminating with Friday's final stage win alongside co-driver Matthew Bamella. Nasser was coined the Prince of the Desert in South America, but with this win in the Middle East, next door to his homeland, it should be a worthy worldwide nickname, in my opinion. And then more dirt. How about last night's Chili Bowl? Suffice it to say, it was an enormously successful week of racing in Tulsa. Such an incredible, 
though definitely not improbable win in the end by Tanner Thorson. I say incredible because this guy was in a fiery car crash just a few years ago. Then last night, he was being paraded around while drinking whatever beers were being placed in his hands as the 2022 Chili Bowl champion. He used every resource to his advantage and passed Christopher Bell in the waning laps to seal the deal. Yes, including that controversial video screen in turn one. In other news on the weekend, Santino Ferrucci suffered a concussion during prelims for the Chili Bowl. He is going to be okay. Connor Daly may not have had the greatest Chili Bowl, but he was announced this week full-time driver for Ed Carpenter Racing. Yes, including all ovals and the best news of the week. Canadian Robert Wickens, he's coming back to IMSA, the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge with driver Mark Wilkins. Bam! Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right, keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. <laughs> If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. 
Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-756-8720. 800-756-8720. That's 800-756-8720. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Back with Speed Freaks, brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil. Of course, coming up in moments, the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals, presented by General Tires. Your winner, Tanner Thorson, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Brendan Gaughan here, also Justin Vogel joining us here in the Freak Nation. But first, let's talk a little bit about the Chili Bowl Nationals that wrapped up last night in Tulsa. It's the 36th annual next year, of course, 37th annual. And there's something that's been there for quite a while that evidently is going to be moving into a new location. We're not talking about the race crasher. We're talking about a big screen that some of these drivers have been using as um, to their advantage, I guess you could say. Okay. So I'm just going to go with quotes. I mean, why should I put any more words in anybody else's mouth? Kyle Larson said all throughout the last year when talking about his chili bowl win from 2021 that yes, he used the big screen and turn one to his advantage. I mean, like any wise person does, you have a certain resource, you use it to your advantage. Kyle Larson said, is anybody in this building watching the big screen during the green flag runs besides us anyway? No, I think everybody knows my views on big screens and like, what's the point, right? He goes on to say, yeah, I used it to my advantage last year. But then let's go on to this year's winner who starts to maybe imply that Larson would not have won it had it not been for that big screen. And that's where all this controversy begins because other drivers are saying, no, it takes away from the purity and it gave Larson such an advantage last year. Oh, shut up. Here's your this year winner, Tanner Thorson. I think it's an S show, to be honest. I mean, Larson would not have won the race, right? If he wasn't looking at it. I mean, even he says it. Boom. Oh, people just hush. Just hush. Yeah, I don't, and they're talking about a solution of moving it to turn one to turn two. I don't know how that's going to resolve anything. As long as it's up there, you're still going to be able to look at it and determine. Larson said he used it to determine lines, which I assume means that whether the bottom or the top is uh, where the speed is. And your 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 um, uh, spotter will do that for you. Mm-hmm. And maybe the video screen helps in that regard. So. I don't know. I'm well, I, don't get me hold started on. before the season starts. Right. Drivers. <laughs> Let me cut you off just a little bit there. There are no spotters in the chili bowl. So that that's where some of the drivers are like, hey, we don't have engineers in our ear like other forms of racing. We don't have spotters. So that's why it has to be by the feel of your butt in the car only. That's the purity of the racing. Uh, yeah. Only thing that's going to happen is that instead of looking straight up when they come out of turn four on that dirt, looking up at the big screen, they're just going to look left over turn two of the screen. It's just going to take another millisecond so they can figure out the damn line. His name is Tanner Thorson, your Chili Bowl winner. Last night in Tulsa, wrapped up uh, after midnight, Freak Nation. Uh, His name is Tanner Thorson, your 36th annual Chili Bowl winner. Here in the Freak Nation, the Lucas Oil Studios. Tanner, you're talking about learning all these things from Christopher Bell and Rico Abreu and Brady and Larson. When you're learning things, are you learning them on the track or are they coming over and giving you some insight? 
Um, well, no insight over the last couple of years, that's for sure. Um, you know, just racing with them in general, you learn a lot, you pick up a lot. And, um, you know, I've, uh, obviously raced with Rico and, and, and Bell for a long time and Rico through go-karts and, um, you know, his dad, uh, David Abreu and, and Rico, um, they're the reason why I'm here in the end of the day. So, um, they brought me to Keith Coons in 2013 and, and gave me a shot for a couple of years and then picked up by Toyota and, um, you know, but David Abreu and, and Rico Abreu are the reason why I'm here. So, um, you know, I obviously learned a lot from Rico and Bell and Larson even. So, um, yeah. What's it that you're learning? What the hell are you learning? <laughs> Just how to go around the racetrack, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I've, uh, learned the kind of the racing aspect, you know, I obviously had a good racing, you know, racing background through outlaw carts and, um, out on the West coast, but I, uh, you know, learned a lot from them on just how to drive a midget. Rico's track walks are thing of things of legend. Basically is he's just legendary status getting to know the science behind what's going down with that dirt. Have they taught you anything in that regard? Cause I didn't see you doing much of the track walk pre-race. Yeah, I came out a little bit. Um, just right before the start and just realized and saw how much water was put on it. Um, I do a little bit better, um, not really walking the racetrack just because I don't want to second guess myself. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, Rico's always been that way. I've, I've definitely walked the racetrack a lot with him before. And, um, I just, I, I try to keep that out of my, out of my head just because I, I do set up my own race car and, um, I seem to second guess myself sometimes and, and, and quite a bit. So like Thursday night. So, um, yeah, I, I try to stay away from the racetrack, watch from the screen and, and, and realize what's going on from there and, and kind of just grasp that. And, and that's it. You did not seem to be second guessing yourself on that outside line. Some drivers were getting some good luck in the inside line after that second to last restart. You stayed out there. Why, where was your comfort? Um, I just, I knew it was going to go up top. Like it was that, I mean, that's how it's been playing out. And, um, Bell jumped up there one lap and then back down to the bottom. And, and I kind of gained on him a little bit. And then he jumped back up and kind of, you know, got back up in front of me and, and, and slowed my roll down. So, um, you know, the top just seemed to be the place to be at that time. Um, you know, I followed Bell up there coming back to, you know, learning, um, you know, you learn every time you race. So, um, I follow bell, you know, up there and, um, I should have probably stayed on the bottom cause I might've got the lead then, but I, I, I needed to try the top and see how my car was going to react before I got to where I had to run the top. So, and I, and I looked at the board and realized that no one was right on my tail and, uh, just kind of had to go with it. Tanner Thornton joining us here in the Lucas Oil Studios in the Freak Nation. And Tanner, you talk about taking that high line. I believe it was the second or maybe the last lap where you caught that right rear up top there. And as a fan, I'm going, holy smokes, he's going to give this thing away. Uh, as, a, as a driver, what went through your head that instant? Oh, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, the first thing I did, uh, like I said earlier, is just looked up at the board to see where they're at and see if I needed to slide myself or or if I could kind of carry my momentum up top, get it into one. Um, and, and that's just a fine line of, of, you know, running, running as hard as you can and, and to the max, um, you know, like Bell said in his, in his interview that you got to find that edge or else you won't, you won't know how hard you can run the car. Um, and that comes back from racing with Keith. Keith's like, you know, Keith Coons used to, you know, teach me like, it's okay to spin out cause you learn your edge, you know, and, uh. Man, I, I got a lot of information I've learned over the since 2013 that I can, you know, take with me to every race. And, you know, I don't know 
and not trying to give all the credit to Christopher Rico or Kyle, but you know they've they've taught me a lot. There's no two ways about it. Well, the bottom line is you have some celebrating to do. And what have you learned? This is an interview about learning. What have you learned from some of those guys about how to really celebrate a win? Um, I think Larson and Rico are the only two that really celebrate, like celebrate, celebrate, but cause Bell, I don't think drinks. So, um, yeah, I've had a few beers already, so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just starting. Um, yeah. How do you not when you, when you, when you win the damn chili bowl, yeah. plain and simple, I've been trying at this thing for a long ass time. And, um, I mean, it's showing, I mean, I've set my car up since 2018, I think. And, uh, you know, cars gotten better and better and, you know, my product sponsors and everybody I'm involved with have, have worked hard because they know I'm, I'm capable of doing it. I just had to, you know, finally have a, finally had enough confidence in myself to, to get it done. You're trying to make this interview all serious. I want to know about beer pong. I, mean, I ain't playing beer pong. I'm just going to drink beer. I mean, it, there ain't going to be who shoots makes, makes me drink. It's going to be about just me just going. So, um, I don't like blacking out, but it might happen tonight. But it, what, what, what's, what's fascinating to me is you, you look back at the last two or three years, you're fortunate to be standing in this position right now with that uh, accident and what you've been through. Is that going to grab a hold of you tomorrow with that hangover? Nah, man. I'm tell you what, man. I'm, I'm blessed to be here, and I ain't going to stop stop living my life because of that because I about did die. So, um, yeah, it just comes down to comes down to great people around you. You know, um, that wreck changed my life and, uh, changed it for the better. So, um, just part of it, you know, again, your 36th annual Lucas oil midget nationals, chili bowl champion, Tanner Thorson here in the freak nation. And I know he got a little bit emotional with that last question about, well, his reality, Mm -hmm. but the good news is look at the cherry on top of everything right now. He's engaged to be married this year. He's the champ, and yep, I have to think that he had quite a celebration last night. Yes, he did. A very good friend of the Freak Nation, nominated for the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame, Brendan Gone. next. I was bumping around the net the other day when I stumbled on a wild YouTube piece. It explored the seven craziest cars to ever race at Le Mans. You know I'm a sports car freak, but these bought a smile. I know several, from the Briggs Cunningham Le Monstre to the electric Delta Wing that Nissan tried in 2014 to the four-rotor Mazda that actually won Le Mans in 1991. Now, I've heard four-rotor engines before, and I think the sound is marvelous. Others just say they're loud, but they said that about the Who, too, didn't they? (laughs) You must be a motor racing enthusiast if you're hearing this. But even if your enthusiasm doesn't include sports car racing, watch this piece on YouTube. Seven Craziest Lamar Racing Cars Ever. It's an exploration of the human mind and the racing paddock. What engineers think will work can challenge credulity. Some engineers don't think outside the box. They can think on a different shelf from the box. And that's why motor racing should be worth the culture's attention. Peace. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined.
This segment brought to you by good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to GeneralTire.com to find the tire for your righteous ride. We continue on with friend of the Freak Nation, Brendan Gaughan, nominated for the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. Hit it. Brendan, were you surprised at that news? Uh, you know, Ken Clapp and Wayne Wells have been working they they've they've been working for a long time saying that they wanted to get me in i just never i never worried about hall of fames right. crasher you know, I, it's just right. it was never something in my head that i said hey hall of fame what i don't get and you guys understand this now these kids talk and they know exactly how many race wins they have hmm. oh this is my 200th race win this is my this is my i have absolutely Zero clue how many wins I have. The only stat that's really kept is NASCAR. Okay, I have eight West wins, eight truck wins, uh, two Xfinity wins. Got it. Outside that, I have zero clue how many off-road racing wins I have, how many how many short track wins I have, how many uh, you know random races that I've ran. It's like I never kept track of that. It never was kids nowadays. It's like you have to keep track of all that. But you're now a, a, a true endorsement of how that doesn't really matter. It's not about wins. It's about the entire resume, the entire portfolio of what you put together in a racing career or in whatever your job is, fill in the blank career. Well, I've always kind of felt that way from the get go. Anyway, that was it, it's look, it's about wins. I mean, I won championships and I won races on the West Coast and that was that was great. I had a great time. But to me, it's more of of the ambassadorship of it. Right. I mean, come on, you, we're sitting here talking, this is 2021. I think I've met you guys in 2000, 2001, mm -hmm. maybe 20 years ago, uh, wow. driving the Cadillac. We were just joking stat, you know, about driving the, the, the old caddy back then. Um, and I, I was just more excited to be part of like the freak. I was like, Hey, these guys want me to be something with these guys. This is fun. You know I mean? It, it was to me, that's what it was about. I mean, I got the wins. That was great, but I never kept track of that. I still don't. Mm -hmm. I, I uh, what what I laugh, I, somebody was asking something the other day or somebody on, I was looking on Twitter or something. They had posted all these things that they won. And I was like, oh, dang, what have I won? I go, all right. I'm like, well, I won a Rolex 24-hour Daytona. I've won a Baja 1000. Uh, I won the Vegas race for me. That was a bit, you know, that was our biggest race, the truck race at Vegas. I mean, that was, you know, our home track. I go, I won, what, five or six Crandon World Championships in that world. That's the, you know, the biggest mm. thing. And I, and I go, I won a lot of big races. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> so when you go into the, when you go into the Hall of Fame, Brandon, are you going to go in with mud splattered on your plaque or uh, just NASCAR dirt on your uh, on your plaque? You going to go on off road or the stock car drive? Well, look, it's the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame, so I I, I believe I will be going in as a stock car driver. So I, I and I I appreciate. It. Look, Napa was a huge part of my West coast career. Right. I mean, Napa without, without Bill McAnally, without Napa auto parts, um, all the stuff they did for me back in the, the early years of my racing, that was big. Walker Evans, of course, is where I started, mm. you know, Walker Evans is who kind of got me to where I got the opportunity with Napa. So it, the, the West coast is where I'm from the West. I'm doing this right now, sitting in my office in Las Vegas. This is home. I mean, I'm a West coaster, man. Me and you, we're all, we're all from the West side, you know, West side. <laughs> <laughs> west side of the usa do we need to get into the into the west side and the whole georgetown and well, well, that's east side, side. i got that's the east side. side on me too i know that but I, well, let's let, let's wait till we let's yeah. wait to get in 
to get into that. And and you're being fairly modest, Brendan. I mean, your your last name of Gone and what you, you, your father uh, and all of his group has done for off-road racing and motorsports on the West Coast isn't lost on people that have studied and been a part of this. And the significance of that last name of Gone, whether it's from a casino or to staging desert races, short course races, it, it's significant, Brendan. Well, look, I, I, the, the great thing about me and my dad is is we – my dad's a racer first. A lot of people don't realize that. You know, he, he raced since the 1960s in, in Mexico. He, his first Baja 1000 was 1969. Uh, you know, I mean, this is a guy that won, won the old HDRA, Walt Lott HDRA Championships, 77, 78. So, I mean, he was a racer first. He loved it. And he got to kind of relive that through me. And, and we did it. And he, he and I have always, though, been kind of separate on uh, – he's, he's in the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame already for his stuff that he has done. And, and the one thing that was always nice is we always separated ourselves. You know, dad was, was, was him and the, and the South Point or the Orleans or the Barbary Coast, whichever casino it was at the time that was doing the stuff. And then, yeah, a lot of those times he was sponsor of mine. Sometimes he wasn't. Sometimes he was. But, you know, people never – sometimes people struggle to separate the two of us. But we both had our own way about, of doing the things. And in the end, we do things very similar. I mean, I am my father's son. Uh, the good and the bad. So I, I'm, I'm proud of everything he's done and, and he's proud of what I've done. And, and now hopefully we'll be in the same Hall of Fame together. That'd be fun. So you do then continue the tradition of lobster mac and cheese. The lobster mac, listen, you got to get the doctor's permission before you come to the oyster bar to get the lobster <laughs> mac and cheese. But, but let me tell you something, that thing is still there. The tradition will be there as long as I'm around. Oh, thank goodness. We need that on like a craft services table at racetracks in the media. Yeah, I don't know if you got, listen, I don't know if know enough people can pass the medical exam for that one. That thing. <laughs> That's a good uh, point. Whoo. That baby. She's, she's thick. She's thick. <laughs> you were saying that your dad lived through you through your racing career. Is he going to, we kind of touched on this a little bit ago before we got officially going in this interview. Is he also going to be living through your son in some racing stuff? I don't know if he's going to be happy about it or not. Uh, he's really not happy about the plans I've made for 2022 for my son. Um, we, I'm not going to announce what, what we're doing right now because it's, it's, it's not the season yet. But my son is doing something that my father really is not happy about. Uh, I, and and I got to say, I'm really not that happy that I've decided to go this route. Oh. But look, it, it's we let our kids do what I've always said was if he's happy doing it, I don't care what they do. They yeah. get to do it. If my son wanted to be a ballerina, he, I put a tutu on him. And, and if he's great at it, we'll keep going. If he's not next. Um, so Ryland is having fun with it. So he's doing that. And we're going to be doing some more off-road racing this year with him a little okay. bit more than we did last year. And he's starting to have fun with it. It's it, it, if he, if as long as he continues to have fun, that's all I want. I don't care if he has a career with it. I really don't want him to be a race car driver and have a career with it. I just want him to be like his daddy and his grandpa. We, we love going to Mexico. We love going race Baja. We love going and racing our off-road stuff. And hell, my dad and I won the Nora 1000, you know, overall, what, uh, 2014, 2015, something like that. Hmm. So, I mean, it, it's, if I just hope he wants to race for fun and be with his daddy when he's 80 years old in a race car still trying to race Mexico. <laughs> we'll get back to the video interview in just a moment, but with high gas prices holding steady, it might be time for you to check out Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment and Injector Cleaner. 
It's a blend of oils and additives that contain no solvents. It increases power and fuel mileage that keeps your engine operating at maximum efficiency. Are you kidding me? It's like a tune-up in a bottle. Just add it to every fill-up of that snappy car of yours. And of course, it's as simple as... You get it. Now, back to the interview. But why did you just say, yes, off-road aside and having fun, why did you say you would be fine or you would maybe not be happy if he was a race car driver? I said I wanted him to have fun. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, look, I, there, there's, you know, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's real fun. But <laughs> I... I I went through a lot of things in my career that I really hope he doesn't have to go through kind of like football players don't always want their kids to be football players. Uh, if he wants to do it, great. If he doesn't even better, but I I'll either way, whatever he wants to do. I mean, my oldest son right now is, is playing the flute and he's, he's rocking it. And I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm actually sitting there. Uh, the only thing I'm asking my oldest son is please play a little Jethro Tull for me. I'm just begging him to Damn. give me a little Jethro Tull. I'm, I'm, as soon as he gets to the Jethro Tull level, I, I, I'm happy. And wh- and where's the Jethro Tull tights or Ian Anderson tights too? <laughs> we can ke- we we can keep the tights. Uh, let, oh. let let's let's be honest. That only you or Sarge only you look good in the tights. I have pictures of you out of the tights too. Still, we can oh, show you. God, we we might be able to show those still. I, Penny Nikolai willed those to me when she passed away years uh, ago. So I have the, I have the photo proof. Crash, you know what I'm talking about. All you guys it. do. That we well, all wait know. a minute. Wait a minute. You <laughs> just said that if the, one of the kids got in a tutu, you'd be with it. And I now am. you're now you're making a big deal about the tights. Well, because God. he doesn't need to go Ian Anderson tights. I mean, that was a different era. He could he could you know rock the jeans just as well as he could rock the you know the the leggings and the the you know David Lee Roth long tights and hair. I mean, we could we could I can hold without that. But uh, listen, I'm just jealous of their hair. Both my boys have so much freaking hair. I'm, I told my son the other night that he's going to have surgery in the middle of the night. Not no, wake up with a scar. I'm going to take his hair. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You just took your hat off. You got plenty of hair there, too. A lot of money put in this thing, Crasher. A lot of money went into fixing this. <laughs> just saying. And more from the former NASCAR star, desert racing star, Brendan Gaughan, coming up. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission fix lucas oil it works now you can get generic viagra shipped to your door for about two dollars a pill get the same impact for less call steel man pills now and get the same blue pill for about two dollars a pill call now for the 50 pill special and save even more plus get a free bonus 800-993-1327 800-993-1327 
That's 800-993-1327. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. And we continue on with... Friend of the Freak Nation, Brendan Gaughan, nominated for the West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame. I keep going back to when they tried to keep you from getting a truck championship, and they loaded up the competition <laughs> to keep Brendan's face from, from winning, right? <laughs> yes, is, sir. Is, is kind of a real question. Is there less of that political uh, finagling going on in off-road racing, and that's maybe why you – you gravitate to off-road, especially out in the desert where it's kind of merit-based. You, you get to the finish line first, you're the winner. No, I mean, you know, the thing is, no matter where you go, here's the thing I always tell everybody. I don't care if you're racing, racing cars, BMX, NASCAR. Politics are going to go into everything in life. Unfortunately, it sucks. Get used to it. Um, but, no, I just, I just have fun. Look, I mean, you guys have been out some of these off-road races. It's epic. We just did a Baja 1000 that was a peninsula run. I had two buddies of mine that had never been, one guy that had never been to an off-road race, Volan Tolding for us. He's pitting five race cars that pull in within eight minutes of each other. Oh. And they're trying to fill fuel, 100 gallons of fuel. They're, I mean, it's chaos. Then he's trying to get to me down another 200 miles down the peninsula. He's hitching a ride with other race teams to get towards where I am. It's just, even if you're a crew member down in Mexico, it's exciting. It's just it's a different whole vibe in the desert. It's it's always an epic journey that happens, and and I can still tell stories when me and you guys remember my old spotter, the Batman, who was my with he was he rode in the off road race car with me when I was fifteen years old. Talk about a moron! And he, you know, he, then he became my NASCAR spotter, and and we were together forever. But we can still tell stories of being sixteen years old. Me being sixteen, he was he was old then. I don't know, he was thirty something then, and. You know, we talking about racing the mid 400 and 
getting hit by a potato gun by part of our pit what? crew uh, over in the rock garden. You know, we can still talk about that cactus in the middle of the night uh, in the pine forest that looked like the drunk Mexican. You know, I mean, it's we can still tell these stories and it's it's way more exciting and fun than the NASCAR stuff. I mean, I just I love it. Yes, that's true. Between your drunk Mexican cactus and Ivan Stewart's naked Mexicans, but that was legit naked Mexicans in in the desert. Yeah, there are legendous stories. That that's what makes that's what makes off road racing so great. But that's what makes Baja the yeah. best of the off road. That's why the people in, in Baja are so great, and and the little towns. I mean, you want to have the best time. You want to just have a great time. Go pre run in Baja. Bring down a million stickers and and go down and you see the kids' faces light up when you just roll into these little towns and you're you're handing out stickers to the kids and they're running out. You're you're scared to death. You can't even roll through these towns because they're running out trying to get stuff. It's it's just Baja is a different vibe, man. And it's it's my favorite place in the world. It was where I grew up. I remember watching my daddy, you know, going out making dirt castles in the Baja, you know, in the mid 400, standing out there, mom running out and going. Hey, here comes dad. And you run out. <laughs> okay, he'll be back in two hours. You know, and, and so you play in the dirt all day. You know, I, I remember doing that. I remember when dad used to let me ride in the in the Mint for Hunter parade with Lenny Newman. I was on phone books and had glass goggles to sit next to him, you know, to ride the parade out to the start. I remember going to Mexico as a kid watching dad race. So to me, it was the memories of, of my dad racing and watching all that and going through all those. And then... The NASCAR thing was a great career. I, I had the best time. I mean, look, we used to dominate with that McAnally team. Remember the old Orleans racing mm -hmm. team, Nap Auto Parts, me and Bill, Shane Wilson. I mean, Harley Roush. Oh. I, these are guys that are – I'm sitting in my office. Oh. Harley Roush, who is employee number two at Orleans racing team, is right now sitting 25 feet from me in his office. My old spotter, the Batman, is sitting 15 feet next to me right now. He's shaking his head going, don't talk about me. He is in the desk <laughs> next to me. Um the, half my West team is still right here. The other half is at Richard Childress racing in North Carolina. You know, I mean, we had wow. Uh, my, my Winston West stuff, my West coast career was, was so great. I mean, winning up in Monroe, all the races up there, I had a great time doing it. So stat, don't think I, I don't like the NASCAR side. I just, I love the off-road side. Yeah. The NASCAR side was what, what gave me a phenomenal life, a phenomenal mm. career. It made me, it, it set doors for me that I never in a million years thought I would have. So I love my NASCAR side. So I should but, probably know the answer to this. While we're talking, we're in the at going towards the end of the car rally. The car is kind of the the epitome of off road racing. I should probably know if you've ever run in that event. I don't think you have, but. Is that a part of your maybe a bucket list item that you would like to have done? Oh, uh, yes, there are a few things that I'm working on right now, Stat. As a oh. matter of fact, as you bring that up, um, I, I I will be at Dakar one day soon. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing wait, a few wait, things wait, here. Wait, wait, you can't just throw that on the table. <laughs> 2023 you know that's freak nation and we do listen, listen to freak say things like that so i'm you an can't og freak nation guy year. i gotta break it with you yeah so you you can't do it this year obviously so sorry, pretty sorry, soon sorry. means next year well i, I, I got to do a lot of work so there's a big difference in the navigation of a route of the dakar rally versus navigation of 
off-road racing. Um, So I have some work to do. I I do have some people that are, I just bought a bunch of equipment to go teach me and help me learn how to do the navigation, the rally style navigation. Um, I don't believe there's any reason why Americans can't win out there uh, other than, you know, Jill DeVilliers running over motorcycle guys and not getting penalized, uh, which is amazing. He's amazing what they do for the French. Uh, (laughs) If that, if that was Robbie, please, Robbie be disqualified 52 times if he did, if he hit one guy. So, I mean, there's a lot of BS there, but you know, Americans are starting to make big waves. Casey Curry, of course, last couple of years, Mm -hmm. Seth Quintero is kicking. If Seth doesn't have the one problem this year, Seth Quintero is, I think he's won three stages in a row and dominating. Unfortunately, he's out of the overall because of, of the wreck. Uh, And of course you, you got AJ Jones, you know, they're all in the side-by-side classes. I want to get there. I might do a side-by-side first, but when I get there, we're going to start. We're going to – I have as big of ego as Robbie, and, you know, we will uh, – we're, we're going to go over there and try to make some waves when I do go over there, but I got work to do first, That I can't go over there and, and just think I'm going to be so great just because I can I can go drive an off-road car. I got to get some work done. I got to get some teaching done. I want to do it. I'm going to go do it. And there's a couple other things I still want to do. There's still some sports car racing I want to do. Um one of the main things that I'm starting to work on now is I got to get back in shape for it. Uh, round is a shape, but not the shape I want to be in the race car or my fire suit. So I, I've, I'm working on getting back in shape and I've dropped about 20 pounds so far. And Whoa. we're going to keep going that way. And yes, I, I do want to go to the car and I do want to do some, some of that stuff. Yes. Lamont, would that be one of the ones, one of your dreams? I, like I said, I win big races, Crasher. So, I mean, I, I've got a 24, I got a Rolex, mm-hmm. I've got a Nora 1000, I got a Baja 1000, uh, I got Crandon World Championships. So, uh, that that would definitely be on the list of one of the bigger oh, ones that I want to go do. So. Wow. And That's the best news awesome. is, I think I'm bronze rated now, which means I'm really valuable. <laughs> okay, so hold on a second, though. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that with the Rolex 24 coming up this month. So... Who's a gold driver? Is it exclusive sports car drivers? Because, for instance, you've got, I'm just going to say the Michael Shank team, because I just got a press release on them. Paginot and Elio Castroneves together, aren't they both mm-hmm. gold? Yes. So you, you can, can have, have two, two gold. You can have two gold, but then your third guy has to be a bronze. You know, ah, you, you, okay. the way it's the way the rating works. And I don't know. Or don't plywood, me on it all. one or the other. You got to have yeah. plywood. Plywood. Yeah. Plywood. <laughs> well, with those two guys, you could still win with plywood. Uh, I mean, <laughs> come on, you let them do the heavy lifting. Uh, you know, you put Andy Lally and Spencer Propelli on a team. All you got to do is just don't screw up. That's the way I look <laughs> right. at it. You get with the right, right people. I mean, that's how I won my my Rolex. I, I had Wolf Hensler, Andy Propelli, and 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 or Andy Lally and Spencer Propelli. It was like, hey, just don't screw up. Let them mm-hmm. do the heavy lifting. So I mean, that that's that's the way to make sure you get those things. But yeah, I I have a lot of I still have a couple bucket list races that cool. I want to go do and and. Those are those are on the list, Crasher. It's just, when you were at the Rolex and you had those two big drivers, did they put you overnight so you drove from two o'clock to six o'clock and went while they were asleep? Um, so the year we won, uh, I I stayed awake all night as an emergency driver in case anybody needed it. I only did like two or three stints um, that race, but it was really cool. I got to race with oh my god, I'm getting old. Uh, Rumo's Porsche, the the the, the the driver that was the famous Brumos Porsche driver forever. The man they just did the big deal about. Oh, he came on, out as gay. Yeah. He just came out. He just came out as gay, and and it was like a huge news. And 
He's the guy that owned Bruno's portion. Hayward. Hayward. Hurley. Hayward. Hurley. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. How, how can we all? No, we all like this Hurley. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like you, moron. Uh, so uh, there's a there's a certain point in the race where. I guess I was battling Hurley Haywood for the lead for like 35 <laughs> minutes. We were passing each other and they oh wouldn't, they didn't my. tell me. And I got out of the race car and they're like, dude, do you know you were just battling with Hurley for the lead for the last 45 minutes? I'm like, could somebody tell me, help a brother out? I mean, come right. on, that's pretty cool that I'm battling with Hurley Haywood for, for an hour for the lead in the GT class. Uh, when I did the LMP two car, the last year of the open cockpit, um, we finished on the podium, we finished third. Um, but I did, I did two. Tri- I did a triple double, which I guess I was the only guy that year that did a triple double, um, where I did three stints in a row, and then got out for m- the mandatory time, and then did another three stints in a row. Um, but what I what I told them was, listen, I just did twenty two hours in an off road car not too long ago. I mean, doing three and a half hours is not that difficult. Um, ah. So I, I I love I I love that stuff. I I love when they put me in the car longer. I love you know I I that was always kind of my forte was. You know, I, I can handle that heat and that stress. So I, I loved it. But it uh, I, I do love I'm not going to do the Rolex this year. I had a lot of people calling asking. Like I said, I, I don't feel like I'm in physical shape to do it right now, but I'm getting back there and then I'll get back in. them. So you played basketball at Georgetown with Allen Iverson. Was that more valuable than racing against Hurley Hayward <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning? Well, you know, I, I can't say that. Uh, I did a whole lot of good for the Allen Iverson side. I was much more valuable during the Hurley Haywood side. Um, no, you know what, what I have said, stat, you've heard me say this. I mean, we've been friends a long time. You've you know, followed my career, John Thompson and what he did for me was as valuable or more valuable than anything in my life before or since. Uh, if it wasn't for coach, I'm not the man I am today. And there have been days that I heard, could hear coach yelling at me in my head. To, to keep me moving. Uh, I, Memphis, I remember specifically um, where, where the teachings of all that kept me uh, up on the wheel and kept me going. But no, I, I, I'm not sitting here giving this interview. I'm not who I am if it wasn't for Big John. And, and Alan was a part of that, and Othello Harrington, and, and all the guys, Don Reed. These were men that were very, very important to me in my life at a very important stage. And if it wasn't for Coach, I wouldn't be sitting here. Wow. Oh, God. You pulled that one out of the archives there, didn't you? You'd, Yes, yeah, I did. I find that one fast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that bad boy, man. Holy smoke. Yeah, there you are. Coach Check Thompson it. only allowed two people in all of his years. And he, and he passed away uh, last September. Um, I actually, I was really lucky. Coach and I have always were close. And I, I got, I talked to him for about four hours, about two weeks before he died. We had a really, really nice, long conversation. And I asked him again. He wouldn't tell me. He only allowed two people to wear the number 13. And if you, if anybody knows coach Thompson, Charles Smith was one of his favorite players of all time. He used to talk about Smitty uh, and and he loved Smitty and it was me and Charles Smith were the only two people he allowed to wear 13. Uh, Miss Finland, um, who was on, who was on the bench with us forever. She, nobody would tell me why he allowed me to wear it. I always said, because he thought I was from Vegas and he thought it would piss my dad off being bad luck. Um, I don't know. But he, I was I was one of two players that he allowed to wear 13. And I asked him even on that conversation, and he wouldn't tell me why he let me wear it or what the significant was significance oh was. But I, I was one of only two 13s for him, Charles Smith and me. Wow. Wow. And actually, it was kind of a, a big deal because uh, Jerome Williams, the junkyard dog, played for the Raptors, the Knicks, the Bulls, mm-hmm. JYD. 
He's still a good friend of mine to this. He lives in Vegas. But JYD's number is 13. And when he came to Georgetown, he wanted 13. And Coach Thompson said, nope, I got a 13. <gasps> so and I, and I didn't pick it. It was what he told me I, I had to be. And he never told me what the significance was. So uh, I was 13. And it was important to him. So that, that's all that mattered to me. Wow. Yeah, he followed your racing career, didn't he? He absolutely hated me racing. Yes. He, uh, he despised it. He never understood it. He actually, I got thrown off the football team. Coach Thompson got me thrown off the football team because he thought I would choose football over racing. Um, as I sit here 25, 30 years later wearing a Georgetown football hat, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he got me thrown off the football team for because he thought I would choose it. And then the last race he came to crash was the 2003 race at Richmond, Virginia. And Bobby Hamilton Sr. wrecked me after the checkered flag intentionally. Came down, finished, I think we finished fifth or sixth, came down the track, right reared me, put me up into the wall way before soft walls. These kids won't even know what that used to feel like. And I full speed right after the checker, crashed me intentionally. And Big John sat in the pit area that night. And and you all remember how big Coach Thompson was. I mean, Coach was a big man. And I am not a big man. I'm a very small man. (laughs) Coach Thompson was sitting there at the end of pit road. He's sitting in the pits and he goes, boy, that man tried to kill you. And I said, no, sir. He was pissed off about something else. And he goes, no, that man tried to kill you. He goes, I don't like this. I never like this. I don't support it. I love you, but I am not coming back. Whoa. And, and he never wow. came back to another race after that day. Uh, he came to him and Bill Russell came to races with me. Back, uh, what? When I started, you know, wow. Bill Russell and coach Thompson used to come to races and, after the after the Richmond race, he never came back to another race. He 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 never liked. He he loved me. He said he goes, I love you, but I don't like this, and, and I, I I don't like watching. It scared him to watch me. Wow. And that's a short <laughs> oval. I mean, granted, yeah, time yeah. in. It was Richmond. It oval. was Richmond. It was it wasn't like I did the flip at Talladega. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, he, yeah, he 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 didn't like me racing. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. Just can't get enough of freak fave Brendan Gone here in the Freak Nation. Coming up next hour, your Statman Scat and Supercross 450 star, Justin Bogle. He joins us here in the Freak Nation and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Network broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love to party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the freaks. Freak Nation, big second hour for you. Coming up, Justin Bogle, 450 Supercross pilot. Tough week for him. He'll be joining us this hour. Also, we'll once again hear from your 36th annual Lucas Oil Midget Nationals Chili Bowl winner, Tanner Thorson here in the Freak Nation. And we just can't get enough of Brendan gone. It was about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. We'll have another part three of Brendan gone. NASCAR 
pilot, former NASCAR pilot, desert off-road, short course, you name it. This guy's uh, had his hands, his feet, and a lot of other things in the dirt and on the tarmac. Uh, he'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation for part three tonight. Supercross well underway. Uh, we've got to what? Oh, man. Is it what? The three weeks away, Crasher, when we hit the clash in the Los Angeles Coliseum? Oh, my gosh. Huh? Yes. Yes, because that's Super Bowl weekend. In LA, yes. Oh no, no, no! You're no. right. It's the it's the weekend before. Yeah, the week weekend before. And Statman, think about all the the things that you've seen come and go with your tenure in Los Angeles. A, a good couple of more decades, at least, than I was there. Who would ever think that they would be putting a big fat slab of concrete in the Coliseum so some stock cars could run around that legendary surface? Well, it's it's asphalt, from what I understand, not concrete. Yeah. And uh, they did try to run a, a race. I think you covered it outside in the parking lot. Yeah. A NASCAR race, truck race, was it or whatever it was? No, it was a, like it was a. I don't know what the title sponsor was, but it was a South NASCAR Southwest Series race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's where I first met Boris. Said so. There you go. Oh wow! I think the uh, the great part about it is if they would have run the stock cars up the stands like they used to do with the trucks in the Mickey Thompson races, and go through the peristyle and go leaping off the yeah. top of the grandstand and land down in the bottom somewhere. That would have been interesting but just running the cars around in a circle is just more nascar running around in a circle i don't know i I like the idea of it being in the coliseum though i i like that it's different i like that it's close to a heck of a lot more people in los angeles than fontana ever will dream to be but i don't know i just like the idea i like the party atmosphere of it what i like about it is just because it's just freaking Different, just you know, I go along with that uh, 150 percent. It's different, it's short, they're going to be banging around. And the one thing that you could rest assured, just like they argued and protested about the Chili Bowl Nationals last night in Tulsa, drivers are going to be complaining the track's too short, we don't don't have a chance, it doesn't show the real. We love the fans, but nobody actually, Kenny, you were talking with someone yesterday at the Chili Bowl about how you're a little worried with this next gen car Mm -hmm. and its debut in the Coliseum, especially with teams not bringing all their resources to the West Coast. Yeah, you you two tell me that any of the news out of the next gen car testing has been fantastic news. There's been any type of resolution or completion that yeah this next gen car we got this Eh. (laughs) i talked about this what a couple two three months ago that they were having issues and to put it in lay terms putting the pieces of this car together and then having enough pieces to put these cars multiple cars together i i'm not that damn comfortable with with listen it's not my gig but we need a series to cover I'm just not comfortable that they've got enough parts and pieces and the cars in the right spot to to run a full season of uh, this new next-gen car. I think the next-gen car needs to be the V8 supercars from Australia. And if they could bring those in and they could race them 
I think that would be the great thing. The, the, and then the next gen car, I mean, again, everybody complains. If the car is going to be too fast, too slow, whatever, uh, it's got to be what it is and just race it and put on a good show. All right, Freak Nation. Justin Bogle, 450 Supercross pilot, running for Twisted T Team Suzuki for the 2022 Supercross season. He'll be joining us next. And your Chili Bowl winner, Tanner Thorson, coming up. But first, Crash Mattis, Pit News and Notes. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the Freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates. It's Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. The Lucas Oil Studios, 21-plus years of doing this. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Coming up, your Chili Bowl Nationals winner, Tanner Thorson, will be joining us here in the Lucas Oil Studios. Brendan Garn, excuse me, Brendan Garn, recently nominated West Coast Stock Car Hall of Famer. He'll be here in the Freak Nation. But first, Crash Gladys, Pit News and Notes, brought to you by our good friends, at General Tire, do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Do what General Tire does and buy their tires. <laughs> uh, Just do what General Tire does. They get you home safe. Damn. Like Statman was saying, man, I got about 16 <laughs> pounds of dirt up in my head right now. <laughs> Who knows what's coming out of my mind? Well, speaking of dirt, let's go on with Jason Anderson. Pretty much dominating the 450s in Oakland, California last night. Yep, we're talking about Supercross. Aaron Plessinger and Justin Barsha rounded out the podium in the Big Boy Series. In the 250s, it was Christian Craig on the top rung, Hunter Lawrence second, and Sam Hamaker third. We're just going to keep going with dirt because now I'm going to go on to the Dakar Rally, which, again, speaking of domination, it was Nasser Alatia. I mean, okay, here's the deal. Sure, he came into this year's Dakar Rally as the favorite, but wow, how a little luck and a lot of talent helped him to dominate just about every stage along the way to his fourth overall win, culminating with Friday's final stage win alongside co-driver Matthew Bamella. Nasser was coined the Prince of the Desert in South America, but with this win in the Middle East, next door to his homeland, it should be a worthy worldwide nickname, in my opinion. And then more dirt. How about last night's Chili Bowl? Suffice it to say, it was an enormously successful week of racing in Tulsa. Such an incredible, though definitely not improbable, win in the end by Tanner Thorson. I say incredible. Because this guy was in a fiery car crash just a few years ago. Then last night, he was being paraded around while drinking whatever beers were being placed in his hands as the 2022 Chili Bowl champion. He used every resource to his advantage and passed Christopher Bell in the waning laps to seal the deal. Yes, including that controversial video screen in turn one. In other news on the weekend, Santino Ferrucci suffered a concussion during prelims for the Chili Bowl. He is going to be okay. Connor Daly may not have had the greatest Chili Bowl, but he was announced this week full-time driver for Ed Carpenter Racing. Yes, including all ovals and the best news of the week. Canadian Robert Wickens, he's coming back to IMSA, the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge with driver Mark Wilkins. Bam! Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy-Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do, protect your engine, and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy-Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey, man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy-Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-756-8720. 800-756-8720. That's 800-756-8720. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearbox boxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, 21 years of Speed Freaks. Coming up, you're going to hear from your Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals winner, Tanner Thorson, but first, Crasher? Well, we've got Justin Bogle, Supercross 450 rider Justin Bogle joining us here. And it's been a tough week for him. Suffice it to say, it's been very hard for a lot of people in Supercross as longtime trainer and friend to many. Ryan Federo unfortunately lost his life this week. We talked to Justin a little bit about that and the Supercross season. So, Justin Bogle... 450 Supercross pilot joining us here in the Freak Nation. And Justin, it doesn't look like it, but I'm in a hotel room right now. And right now, I'm about 12 floors up overlooking Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, you're in Oklahoma, uh, homie, so to speak. 
Yes, I, was born, I was born and raised in Texas, and you just don't know how difficult it is for me to walk into an elevator and have somebody come in with a Sooners jersey. It's tough, Broham. Hey, I mean, the feeling is mutual, man. <laughs> you know, it's that's Sooner Nation, man. I'm, uh, I lived in Oklahoma City for a few years, and obviously I'm from Oklahoma, so it's OU Sooners, baby, and that's it. You know, we don't, we don't, uh, it's the, the horns go down, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are fighting words for Kenny on this show. Those are those are fighting words. I know. <laughs> I was hoping you would say, Kenny, it's okay. I'm a I'm an Oklahoma State Cowboys fan. <laughs> I, I I dislike them a little bit less than the Sooners. Well, they're not as good, so yeah. it's easy to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kenny, you're not even fighting back with Hookem or anything. I can't do it, Crash. I'm listen. I'm in. I'm in their territory. You got to be kind. It's like Statman going up to Michigan and talking a whole lot of smack about the Buckeye. I'm sorry. 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 There's a rabbit hole. There's a rabbit hole. All right. You're behind enemy lines right now. You got to tread lightly, you know? Yeah. I got to, I got to chill. (laughs) And and speaking of Oklahoma as a, as a native American, as, as you are, I would imagine that, uh, over the last several years, as we've evolved as a, as a country on many fronts, that the heritage that where you come from uh, has really come to the forefront front in, in other places, whether it's on the track or doing interviews and so forth. Are you called upon with some Native Americans to represent Native Americans in certain situations, whether it's interviews or uh, and speaking engagements to show the success that you've had in motorsports? You know, I'm extremely proud of my, my heritage. Um, I think it's a big part of who I am. And I, I wouldn't say I've been really as active in that as I would like to be at some point. Um, one of my best friends, Colt Nichols, is Native American as well and also a Supercross champion. So it's pretty cool that we both kind of came from really small, humble beginnings, small town, Oklahoma, uh, and, you know, made something out of, out of life and have continued to try to just keep going and be, if we can just inspire people by living at this point, that's a big thing for me, you know, just by giving an example, because not a lot of people where we're from really have an example of people that they can look to that have been successful from where they're from, from the same areas and the same type of, uh, situation. So uh, it's something me and Colt have talked a lot about moving forward as we get older now and kind of understand, I think with, you know, with age comes wisdom. So understanding more <laughs> about ourselves and, and our past and all that. And um, like I said, we're both very proud of our heritage. So yeah, I mean, I would love to, to do that stuff. We haven't got too into it yet, but uh, that's something that we've definitely looked at trying to figure out at some point in the near future. I smell a podcast. The Bogle and Nichols show or something. And there's something Honestly, there. Me and Colt Nichols would have quite the podcast, I think. But I don't <laughs> shut up. I can't stop talking. So uh, Colt would have to be the voice of reason on a lot of things because I'll just keep talking. So I think I, I would love that. You know, like that's a hey, everyone that knows me says one of my favorite pastimes has to be just flapping my face. So it'd be fun. <laughs> Well, Twisted T, Suzuki, they've got to love you for that. Seriously. I mean, come on, just keep talking, baby. Hey, I mean, in all reality, Twisted T, Suzuki, Progressive, we have the coolest sponsors in the whole paddock. And I am so grateful to be able to represent them because I've been having so much fun with it. 
social media stuff and just just in general man it's such a cool vibe and cool companies and it's amazing man. it fits my personality perfectly i could see you in a commercial with flow one day oh i would love it absolutely throw me on camera i love it <laughs> <laughs> justin bogle i heard something in an interview that kind of leaped out at me uh what 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 did you say delusional confidence and now you're talking about flapping their face. I've never heard that. <laughs> things together, you're treading on some some dire ground here, brother. You can say something that you regret the instant it comes out of your mouth. I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know what? I'm a human. I'm a human being, and I mean, we all do things that we shouldn't sometimes, or say things, and I think that. Uh, my gift and my curse is that I don't have much of a filter and I'm pretty much an open book. So I think, you know, the fans that are fans of me can relate to that because they feel like I'm a human being as well. But you know, every now and then I'll do say, I do say some things that I'm like, mm, probably shouldn't have said that, but you know, <laughs> so can't fault the man for just being honest. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. The delusional confidence. <laughs> Tell me about the first time you got on a dirt bike and went riding and, and cranked the thing on. Uh, did, did that delusional confidence take you through that those first two gear changes? Man, I, if I don't even have memories from that far back from when I was first on a motorcycle, man, but I think I kind of always had a little bit of that, you know, and I think in my career, it kind of got me in some trouble with injuries and things, maybe not being quite patient enough at times. But yeah, man, when I was young, you know, I mean, my dad really, my parents both really instilled that in me. Like my, my dad kept me grounded and he was pretty hard on me, but my mother thought that I could, you know, hang the moon and the stars. So uh, I think I got a, a good bit of both. So I'm, you know, I am understand reality and I am realistic, but also I'm extremely optimistic. So I think that does help me because as an athlete, I think if you don't have, if it's not there at times, it has to be, a little bit delusional confidence, you know, you have to still have it because if you're not a bit crazy and crazy enough to believe in yourself, you're going to have a hard time being successful in this life. So, uh, at times, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but, um, I think it's, like I said, a gift and my curse, you know, it could be a superpower and it can also be a bit of a detriment at times, but I'm good superpower. with it. Yeah. I love it. It is a superpower. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> But delusional confidence can turn into some other form of delusional patience as well. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because especially in the sport we do, we go every single weekend almost all year. Yeah. So it can be quite a roller coaster when it's not going well. And I've lived it. You know, this is my 10th year of Supercross as a professional. And I've had, I've won a championship, I've won races, and I've also been at the bottom of the barrel with this thing. So um, I do think that that confidence, when it's just like deep seated confidence is what carries you through those moments because there's times when this stuff gets really difficult, you know? And um, I took a step back a couple of years ago. I had a pretty good concussion and I took about five, six months completely off and just wanted to live normal and see if this is still what I wanted to do and talk about an eye opener. You know, it really, <laughs> really helped me a lot. You know, it was, it was a rough time period, but it was the best thing for me. It helped me understand who I am and, that this is what I do, you know, this is what wakes me up in the morning. And uh, the whole time I still believed I could get back and do it. So, you know, I had to, I had to make it happen. And I'm so grateful for 
those companies we spoke of, Twisted T, Suzuki, Progressive, the HEP team of people believing in me to give me a shot at this because uh, there's a lot, uh, a lot of tread left in those boots. I think you know, I, I'm still so excited and I, I feel so young still, like mentally and emotionally. I just want to, I still have things to accomplish, you know. So, I mean, I, I just love this stuff. So keeps you coming back. <clears throat> You talk about the emotional ride, and Crasher talked a little bit about this before we went live with you in regards to leave, losing uh, one of your best friends. Mm. We're talking about Ryan Federo, yeah, who, who passed away, who's worked with numerous athletes, uh, and it's out there on social media. A lot of people who follow you on Instagram and and Twitter uh, share the same house. Uh, we talk about an emotional roller coaster, my friend, uh, about what gets you up in the morning. I certainly know what can keep you down. How you doing now? Uh, it's been, I mean, yeah, it's been rough, man. It's been one of the hardest weeks of my life, for sure. Um, you know, I, I believe God only gives you a few people in your life that are that important. And when you lose one, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to kind of come to grips with that, um, especially, you know, just having to man up and, and keep going and, Ryan was the toughest person I knew in my life other than my own father. So I know he wouldn't be uh, happy with me for uh, staying down and crying about it for too long. So um, yeah, man, it's, it's been, it's been tough, but I mean, you got to be there for the family and be there for the people, the other people that love him, you know, cause it's, it's not about me. It's about all of them and, and what he meant to everybody, you know, and he was clearly, you can see by the reaction on social media and, all the things that people have been saying about him that he's uh he meant a lot to a lot of people. So um yeah, man, it's just, you know, my role is just trying to help keep the train on the tracks and just keep moving, man, because you know, it's it's been tough. We we live with him, you know. Mm-hmm. This is I'm sitting in the house right now. So it's uh been the furthest thing from easy. It's been tough, man. He lived a full he did it mm-hmm. all, man. He lived a full life. He did things that most people never even dream of doing. So uh, find some solace in the fact that his life was meaningful and he did a lot of really cool things and just what he meant to me and the friends that he had. And uh, yeah, man, just try to use that to just keep pushing and make them proud because it never makes it, it never gets easier. I don't think, you know, I've never really felt this before, but um, it never, it's never going to get easier. It's just mm-hmm. something that, I mean, it's coming for all of us at some point, but when it's unexpected, it makes it a little harder to accept, especially being that young. But like I said, man, I had a really good relationship with him and I'm just grateful to God that I got the years in with him and the relationship that I did. So like I said, just try to keep it pushing this weekend. It's going to be very difficult for me, but just uh, try to do as good as I can and go out there and just uh, do what he want me to do. And that's, because I can and make them proud. I I've ridden motorcycles, but I've never been at the gate when the time goes by and they're counting down. And you're, I can imagine your concentration is aimed at that first corner. Did Ryan teach you anything as part of the training to clear your mind and to think about nothing but? getting to that corner and uh, getting through that corner and um, taking off in a race. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, there's two people responsible for me 
going from a boy to a man, and that's my own father and Ryan. Um, he kind of there's a few of us, you know, Will Hahn, Davy Millsaps. He was really instrumental in our careers, but also when you're a trainer and a motivator and basically a life coach and just a friend, you, the role is a lot more than that. But yeah, I mean, he taught me. I mean, he was holding my hand through the first, you know, 75% of my career every day. So yeah, I mean, he taught me about everything that I use right now, even little things that I say to myself on the gate or things that we would go over the way I warm up, like everything that I do is things that we did and learned together. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it's always there and it always will be. And I, I don't think that's, I think that's a positive, you know, I think that's something that you can, it'll, it'll give you a push when someone was that important and instrumental to your life and career and whatever it is that you do, I think it gives you a push whether you like it or not. And I think that uh, those things will always be there with me because he, like I said, he was, he was hard on me, but it was for a reason. It was to get me to be strong and to be able to handle those moments because this, this life that we live, this career that we do, it's not easy. And it's a lot of pain and heartbreak, you know, it really is. So, um, just learning those things and just, you know, the, the biggest thing is he just taught me how to be tough and just to overcome things. Like we had to overcome a lot, you know, a lot of times he was sleeping in the chair next to me in a hospital bed when I was mangled. So, um, he wouldn't let me cry about it in those moments either. So. Wow. Wow. Hey, Justin, let's do this, man. And, and I- after two or three races, maybe when you roll into Arlington to steal some of that Texas cash with a good old oh, Oklahoma no, here we go. boy, uh, maybe we talk after that. But one one quick, can you put like a Longhorns logo on that white wall next time behind you? Uh, that's that's going to be, I mean, there's a lot of, I'll do a lot of things. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> forgive me you know what i mean so. yep oh kenny tell him where your old man went what is his allegiance where he went he was born in norman oklahoma that's right that's right yep yeah just it's saying, saying. yeah hey, it's, a, it's, so. it's a beautiful part of the world my man it's a beautiful part of the world <laughs> those refineries out the window look beautiful don't they <laughs> hey man other side of the state you know that's true true. and you're there for a dirt race too kenny it's just not on two wheels it's four yeah there you go there we go yeah hey justin man good luck to you uh we'll be thinking about you uh, next several weekends partner appreciate it thanks guys thanks for having me on justin bogle here in the freak nation 450 supercross pilot here the lucas oil studios coming up next your winner from the chili bowl nationals tanner thorson was bumping around the net the other day when I stumbled on a wild YouTube piece. It explored the seven craziest cars to ever race at Le Mans. You know I'm a sports car freak, but these bought a smile. I know several, from the Briggs Cunningham Le Monstre to the electric Delta Wing that Nissan tried in 2014 to the four-rotor Mazda that actually won Le Mans in 1991. 
Now, I've heard four-rotor engines before, and I think the sound is marvelous. Others just say they're loud, but they said that about the Who, too, didn't they? <laughs> you must be a motor racing enthusiast if you're hearing this, but even if your enthusiasm doesn't include sports car racing, watch this piece on YouTube. Seven Craziest Lamar Racing Cars Ever. It's an exploration of the human mind and the racing paddock. What engineers think will work can challenge credulity. Some engineers don't think outside the box. They can think on a different shelf from the box. And that's why motor racing should be worth the culture's attention. Peace. You're back with the freaks in the Lucas Oil Studios. Let's go back to that chili bowl. Oh, yep, the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl brought to you by General Tire and that winner, Tanner Thorson. Oh, a few beers in. Tanner Thorson and the Freak Nation. And Tanner, you're talking about learning all these things from Christopher Bell and Rico Abreu and Brady and Larson. When you're learning things, are you learning them on the track or are they coming over and giving you some insight? Um, well, no insight over the last couple of years, that's for sure. Um, you know, just racing with them in general, you learn a lot, you pick up a lot. And, um, you know, I've, uh, obviously raced with Rico and, and, and Bell for a long time and Rico through go-karts and, um, you know, his dad, uh, David Abreu and, and Rico, um, they're the reason why I'm here in the end of the day. So, um, they brought me to Keith Coons in 2013 and, and gave me a shot for a couple of years and then picked up by Toyota and, um, you know, but David Abreu and, and Rico Abreu are the reason why I'm here. So, um, you know, I obviously learned a lot from Rico and Bell and Larson even. So, um, yeah. What is it that you're learning? What the hell are you learning? <laughs> Just how to go around the racetrack, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I've, uh, learned the kind of the racing aspect you know i obviously had a good racing you know racing background through outlaw carts and um out on the west coast but i uh you know learned a lot from them on just how to drive a midget rico's track walks are thing of things of legend basically is he's just legendary status getting to know the science behind what's going down with that dirt have they taught you anything in that regard because i didn't see you doing much of the track walk pre-race yeah i came out a little bit um just right before the start and just realized and saw how much water was put on it. Um, I do a little bit better, um, not really walking the racetrack just because I don't want to second guess myself. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, Rico's always been that way. I've, I've definitely walked the racetrack a lot with him before. And, um, I just, I, I try to keep that out of my, out of my head just because I, I do set up my own race car and, um, I seem to second guess myself sometimes and, and, and quite a bit. So like Thursday night. So, um, yeah, I, I try to stay away from the racetrack, watch from the screen and, and, and realize what's going on from there and, and kind of just grasp that. And, and that's it. You did not seem to be second guessing yourself on that outside line. Some drivers were getting some good luck in the inside line after that second to last restart. You stayed out there. Why? Where was your comfort? Um, I just, I knew it was going to go up top. Like it was that, I mean, that's how it's been playing out. And, um, Bell jumped up there one lap and then back down to the bottom. And, and I kind of gained on him a little bit. And then he jumped back up and kind of, you know, got back up in front of me and, and, and slowed my roll down. So, um, you know, the top just seemed to be the place to be at that time. Um, you know, I followed Bell up there coming back to, you know, learning, um, you know, you learn every time you race. So, um, I followed bell, you know, up there and, 
Um, I should have probably stayed on the bottom because I might have got the lead then, but I, I, I needed to try the top and see how my car was going to react before I got to where I had to run the top. So, and I, and I looked at the board and realized that no one was right on my tail and uh, just kind of had to go with it. Tanner Thornton joining us here in the Lucas Oil Studios in the Freak Nation. And Tanner, you talk about taking that high line, I believe it was the second or maybe the last lap where you caught that right rear up top there. And as a fan, I'm going, holy smokes, he's going to give this thing away. Uh, as, a, as a driver, what went through your head that instant? Oh, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, the first thing I did, uh, like I said earlier, is just looked up at the board to see where they're at and see if I needed to slide myself or or if I could kind of carry my momentum up the top, get it into one. Um, and, and that's just the fine line of, of you know, running, running as hard as you can and, and to the max. Um, you know, like Bell said in his, in his interview that you got to find that edge or else you won't, you won't know how hard you can run the car. Um, and that comes back from racing with Keith. Keith's like, you know, Keith Coons used to, you know, teach me like, it's okay to spin out cause you learn your edge. Man, what a story. Tanner Thorson, your Lucas oil chili bowl nationals winner. And coming up next, we wrap it up with West coast stock car hall of fame nominee, Brendan gone Lucas oil studio. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Now you can get generic Viagra shipped to your door for about $2 a pill. Get the same impact for less. Call Steel Man Pills now and get the same blue pill for about $2 a pill. Call now for the 50-pill special and save even more. Plus, get a free bonus. 800-993-1327. 800-993-1327. That's 800-993-1327. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arca Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV-TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV-TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV-TV and MAV-TV+, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil. It works. 
Right, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Back at the Lucas Oil Studios, going to take it out one more time as we wrap it up with West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame nominee, Brendan Gaughan. It's still good. I still love the truck. Oh, and I still partly, love oh, yeah, yeah. But partly one of the reasons I really like it is, my gosh, they're they're not sprint races, but they the, the amount of time that it takes to complete a truck race is so much more tolerable than a cup race. I did my less, opinion. Less room for mistakes, less That's room to get stuck. It, it's it's just from the start, it call it a sprint race if you want, Crasher. I mean, it's from the start, you have to go. You don't have the time to do five different, you know, setup changes and, and throw 45 tires at it. You better know now. You better come with a strategy from the when you race Martinsville, you can almost make it on fuel from the start. So you better look, you better figure out what strategy you're going with and learn how to play on the fly. That's what made Shane Wilson life so great. We always were on the same page about when to change things, when to go. The only thing I miss, there's a lot of great young talent. And you got Matt Crafton, who is the 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 venerable veteran that is left, you know, in, in the, the, the truck series. And I love me some Matty Crafton, but that's really all you got left on the veteran side. Hmm. Nobody's coming back down to retire there anymore. Jimmy Johnson didn't quit cup racing to go run a truck. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, these guys didn't come back down and you don't see you're, you're limited on the number of times you get to see a Kyle Bush or you get to see, you know, a uh, I was about to say Carl Edwards <laughs> or that you get to see Brad Keselowski. You know, you're limited on the number of times back then. It didn't matter. They came and raced. They didn't always kick your butt. We worked our tails off to, to, to try to keep up with these guys and you learned and you got to move on. And it was, it was a lot of fun, man. The, the teams that we had and the number of great teams and the young to the old drivers and working away from the backside of the garage, trying to get to that front side of the garage, man. It was, it was a lot of great memories doing that. Is this something that you uh, foresee coming in the future? Crash mentioned it, sprint race. I think that's just, that's right now, that's the biggest knock with Cup. Are these races are arduous and they're long? It, is it going to come to where we finally shorten these things, Brendan? Or some no, of them, so, not all of them. Look, I mean, are there some that, pro- do I want them to shorten the Coca-Cola 600? The problem is the Coca-Cola 600 is the world 600. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was the 600 miler. It was famous for the 600 miles. Now, the problem is the equipment doesn't break like it used to. The old days, the 600 mile race was so difficult because it's a 600 mile race. Right. You know, I mean, the, the parts and pieces used to break. Now the pieces and parts live for thousands of miles. So but it's mm. still the world 600. So I don't want that to shorten, even though it's way too freaking long. And we all know that. I mean, I've, I've started the race, gone to the movies, grabbed dinner, come back, watch the finish. You know, it's like, yeah. whoo, that baby's got some hours to it. But I don't want that one shortened because it's the Coke 600. It's the World yeah. 600. The Daytona 500, should it be shortened? No. No. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, there's, there's part of me that's an old guy that's, a you know. Mm-hmm. But I think there are chances now to maybe take a little bit of time out of these. The, look, the American lifespan, attention span, has definitely shortened. 
you know, people like instant gratification. I mean, why, why do we have TikToks and Instagrams and my faces and book spaces and whatever that we have this because people love meta. something and meta and look at stuff and, and spend 15 seconds looking something. What, why does clickbait work so great on the internet? Because people don't read anymore. They just read the first two lines and that's it. So part of me says, listen, a race is supposed to be a race. There's supposed to be time. There's supposed to be strategy. There's supposed to be drama. There's supposed to be extra laps. There's there. But at the same time, too many 500 mile races. All right. gets a little boring. I got mm-hmm. no problem going to three, 400 mile races in some of these cup races because it will help increase the action maybe a little bit, but I think stage racing has helped. I think that was a brilliant move. I think that some of the moves they've made have really helped the sport. And I got to say this, I don't think there's ever been an era where we're, we've all been together a long time. You guys been doing sports commentating much longer than I have been doing sports, but you want to talk about a series. You've ever met anybody that has as big a balls right now as NASCAR does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at the changes they make. They yeah. weren't afraid. They, they, they said, we're going to go to a playoff. Okay. We're going to go to a, ch- a, a championship format, a sprint, the chase for the cup. Now nah, it's good, but it's not good enough. We're going to go to a playoff pissing off people, but it was a brilliant move. No, you know what? We're going to go put, we're going to change this whole schedule around and we're going to start moving cha- schedules and changing things. We're going to put a race inside the LA Coliseum. We're going to put asphalt down for two weeks and make a race and then tear it up. We're going to put a brand new car out there. We're going to, you know, what I like is the balls it takes for, for Ben Kennedy, Mike Helton, Jim France, Steve O'Donnell, Phelps, these guys at the top, they've got brass ones right now, in my opinion. They're not afraid to make mistakes where the old regime, I think, was afraid to make mistakes. They're not afraid to make mistakes. When they make a mistake, take the winged car. How long was the winged car around for in NASCAR? Mm-hmm. Was it a year? Did it make a whole year? Uh, I don't, I don't think it made a whole so. year. I don't think mm-hmm. it did. But we don't even remember. You know why? Because they went, this sucked. We made a mistake. Get rid of it. Go back to something else. You know, I, I really a- applaud them for, for the amount of guts it takes to make these decisions. They've done a great job with it. Yeah, they, they got some criticism from people throughout COVID, but I think they handled it almost better than any COVID. other sports series in the world. They were amazing. Are you kidding me? We started racing on Wednesdays to get back on schedule. We started doing double headers. When, when would any of us ever thought of a double header weekend? Really? Right. That's stupid. Why are we going to do two races a weekend? You got practice. You got qualified. Yeah, well, understood. But yes, Kenny, wasn't. Kenny and Statman wanted double headers before that, but but it's great. Maybe, so what if it took COVID? At least they did it. At least they did. Other it. series they, aren't they, doing it. That's right. They took they took the guts out to say, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's see if it works. The no practice. I still there's a part of me that still wants practice. I feel bad for some of these rookies. I mean, how tough mm-hmm. has it got to be to to uh, yeah need need a little bit of practice here? But <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure stats cracking up right now. Practice, but. <laughs> You know, <laughs> don't need no stinking practice. But it took guts to make these calls. And mm-hmm. COVID, I think COVID really brought some, brought even more of that gut out from NASCAR to, to what they did. Yep. I, I just, I applaud NASCAR on that. There's things I don't like. There's, there's decisions recently they've made that I can't say I agree with and disagree with. I'll, I'll leave those alone. But I do give them a lot of credit for the guts that they did in making some of these decisions. It's, it's pretty impressive. I, I got to give it to them. I mean, we're in a world where we're not going to agree with everybody all the time. I think that's no. been proven over the last many, many years, but yes, to take a chance on something. And then if it doesn't work, pull yourself back from it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how more people need to be. I, I chuckle my father in the casino business. I love, look, my father and I are 
get along better now than we've ever gotten along. Main reason is because we don't work together anymore. Mm. <laughs> but but we get along great. But what I love about my father is nobody remembers the big mistakes Michael Gaughan's made. Michael Gaughan is a genius in the casino business. Everybody loves him. He's the greatest guy ever. He goes, I've never made a mistake in my life. And, and nobody can remember one. And then I look at him and I go, <clears throat> Fever Nightclub. And he goes, Fever Nightclub? What was Fever Nightclub? I don't remember Fever Nightclub. Do we have a nightclub? Oh, yeah. Listen, when you fail so successfully that you get rid of it that quick and nobody remembers, that's a, that's a successful failure. NASCAR in that wing. Nobody barely remembers that we had a wing car for about six months because they went, wow, that was the worst idea ever. Gone. Nobody remembers. Oof. It's like, oh, we did a wing. No, we didn't do a wing. You got even when you when you're that good that you can succeed in failure, that's when you're great. Nice. And and Brendan, let's just do this. Let's go to this picture. All right. Oh, oh my gosh. Look at that one. That was that oh, would be wow. pre Kenny and Crash days, I believe, on that one. Even uh-huh. I think. Oh yeah, I think that's I early two thousands. I might have even hit on Crash that night looking at that picture. I don't know. Um, look at look at Kyle Bush, all of about one hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet. Yeah. Soaking wet. Yeah. What if I would have told you that, Brendan, you're going to head to California Speedway tomorrow and NASCAR is going to say no more Confederate flags? You talk about the balls that NASCAR's done or had. That's it. Mm-hmm. it look, to that, to me, it means nothing. To them, that was a huge deal. That mm-hmm. was a big, big thing. And those are steps that, that these guys have taken that they don't get credit for. You know, they get beat on for a lot of things and I'll beat on them for a lot of things too. I, I, I've, I've been on, I've texted back and forth to some people lately. <laughs> just, just, I, I, listen, I problem is my filter, right? I call a spade a spade. If you're, if you're being an idiot, you're an idiot. And I'll tell you to your face, you're an idiot. I don't care. I don't care if I say it on air, if I say it behind the scenes, I'll say it, but you also got to give credit when credit's due mm-hmm. and they give, they have done a lot. Are they all great decisions? No. Are they all perfect decisions? No. But they take the bull and they go, man. And and there was years that they didn't take the bull and go. So I like it. I, I really do applaud them for that. And I think a lot of sports series, I think a lot of sports can learn a lot right now from what at least NASCAR having the guts to make tough decisions and just rolling with it. And mm-hmm. now, like I said, are they perfect? No. Mm-hmm. But you know it's it it takes guts to do it. Roger Penske and that old Georgetown coach, you've uh, you've collected some paychecks from some guys. Well, he didn't collect paychecks from. Uh, Thompson, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Not back in those days. <laughs> uh, Listen, if they were paying, it wasn't me. They were paying. Let's just say right. Uh, you know, look, those I, two I, individuals and what they meant to the respective sports, it's incredible. And you've been able to look up at these two dudes. Look, I, I, Kenny, I, you guys have known me once again. I mean, since I started my NASCAR journey, I mean, what you guys have been uh, part of part of me and always giving me the time to come on and be with you guys and do things. And we've had a lot of fun. You've got me in trouble plenty of times. Now mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. Um, but what what I've always said, the greatest thing I've had is people. I've been around great people. And, you know, you named Roger Penske and John Thompson. Absolutely. My father is in that group. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not just those guys. I mean, the Harley Roushes that I just talked about, the Bill Holbrooks. These are guys that taught me so many things. You may not know their names, but they were just as vital and important. But I have had the, the, the honor 
of going to Richard Childress Racing, you know, and driving for him. Rusty Wallace driving for him. Uh, uh, I've I've had Bill Russell at races with me and John Thompson at races helping you know try to make guide me in life. I've had RP doing stuff for me. You know I've driven for such amazing people. I've had great human beings and great race teams. Uh, you know uh, Scott Honan was one of my last interior guys. He's Chase Elliott's interior guy now. Might be the greatest interior guy in the history of our sport. This guy took such great care of me. And it's yeah, there's great people like the RPs, but then there's then there's June bugs, Robert Stramiskas, and <laughs> and you know Scotty Honans and and Shane Wilsons and Nicole. people that Nicole Addisons and and these guys that you may not be able to name, but I can, mm-hmm. you know that I can remember Chris Justice, uh, you know being an engineer for me, and I can remember I can remember the three guys I put on the cover of Jet Magazine, you know that that before diversity programs and all this stuff. I had three guys that I got on the cover of Jet Magazine that were going over the wall for me. You know, I mean, I can remember these guys and those things way more than than I can remember, you know, the the great conversations of of all these great men. They've they've guided me and steered me, but both have been just as important. And and I always want you know remind people, I don't care if if you're captain of industry or or if you're sweeping the floor for the captain of industry. You you you're just as important and the captain can't do what he can do if he doesn't have that guy making him look good. My grandfather taught me that long, long time ago. Who's autographed that bat behind your head? Uh, that was a bat given to me by, by the, the Louisville slugger company. Got my, my autograph on it, my name on it. Um, they, they gave me that. What? 2000. When did we start racing Kentucky? Uh, oh. 2013 ish tw- or no 2007 ish, six ish, something like that. Yeah. So they gave me that, and what do I got back there? I got, I got, just don't you What's just the champagne bottle. That's actually the two thousand one Winston West Championship champagne bottle. I think 2000, nice. 2000, 2001, one of the championship champagne bottles for for that year, and and that's the the two thousand one West Trophy from Vegas. I mean, we we're talking about being nominated in the West Coast Hall of Fame, so mm-hmm. I did pull those down off the shelf so I could <laughs> have a little eye candy for the West in the back. Um, but the, but the thing is they were, they were that close. So it was easy. I do have those, those do stay close to me. Um, but the important stuff is like a, the, the American flag and the, that's, that's a, I got a, uh, thing from the, J, I'm, I'm an honorary squadron commander of the, the 720th OBOS is mm-hmm. the JTAC special forces unit. I got some, some of the most special th- memories I have outside of racing and life are with those guys. And some of the most special mementos I have, uh, have come from those guys. I got some. I've been really fortunate to get to do some traveling with the military and and do some really super cool things with them. And I, I've uh, great friends, great memories, and and you know some aren't with us anymore. A lot are still are, and I appreciate everything. They, these these those deals to me, they're they're priceless. That what when they when they do something for me, I just kind of put my head down and go. You don't need to do it, mm-hmm. but it's it's really special. Well, look, man, not many people can sit in a steakhouse named Michael's and have. <laughs> Michael gone, roll in there and pay for your stakes. And uh, we appreciate that, bud. Uh, Listen, you guys, you guys have have been special to me since I started this journey in NASCAR. Uh, You know, West Coast Stock Car Hall of Fame nomination. It's honored. I guess this was my first year eligible. Um, So I'm I'm honored that it's even, uh, I'm talked about. And, but part of what made me famous for this or even an opportunity for this, what I did on track was great. But the stuff I did with you guys all through the decades, those are the things that people kind of remember almost more 
because it uh, we had a lot of fun. Like I said, you got me in trouble a few times. That's okay. I didn't really care then, and I care even less now because I just had a great time <laughs> with my friends. And you guys have been my friends since the beginning, man. I appreciate what you did for me. We've had a good time. We've had a good time. We've had a really good time. Thank you so much for everything. No, I, like I said, you, you three right here, stat, we go way back, baby. Remember the Cadillac? I remember those days and you guys, you know, letting some little nobody come on and talk to your big radio show. And when you guys got the first TV show stuff, we came on and did things. And, you know, I just mm-hmm. went in the Texas races, going to the little room we used to have in the back of Texas, wherever that <laughs> right. back, you know, yes. those days, uh, you know, it just all those things. You guys, you guys are, you guys, are the ones I remember more than any of them. If you want the truth. I mean, I always remember the freak nation way before I remember anything else that I've done mm-hmm. uh, media wise. You guys are the first things that always come to mind. So I appreciate you. It's badass. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. Three wow. Texas races in a row, right? No, 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 no. Four. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Four in a Thank row. You. One, four Texas truck oh races. God. I only got three hats up, up there. Man? The fourth one's at Bill McAnally's. Uh, <laughs> rightfully so there we go that's right that's right mac daddy's got one of them i got three <laughs> definitely an honorary freak brendan gone nominated for the west coast stock car hall of fame stat man let's do this man shoot the juice to the moose and cut it loose yep. speed freaks motorsports radio redefined